Welcome to X-Files Podcast, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. I'm Janice Formicella, a breakup coach passionate about supporting others to heal from their breakups, overcome loneliness, love being single, and see the end of a relationship as the beginning of a magical new chapter in life. I am here each week to share with you the tools that I have learned through my own painful breakups, through hitting rock bottom more than once, and through working with people all around the world to heal their broken hearts. If you are looking for hope and strength to move on from your breakup and resources to enjoy your new single life, you are in the right place and I've got your back. Welcome to another episode of X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. And welcome to another episode with my friend, Anthony Kanapi. Hello. (laughs) Hi, Janice. Thank you so much for having me once again. It's an honor. Oh, you are so welcome. That is so sweet. And I enjoyed our last episode. Everybody go and check it out. It's episode 115, When an X texts. And that was the first episode that Anthony and I did together, Anthony being a recurring guest co-host. And that went really well. So here um, we're coming back to talk about grieving a breakup, what it is, how to do it, things to keep in mind, etc. So before we really, really dive in, Anthony, what is grieving or what is grief to you? And I mean, if you don't mind, well, you don't have to, but, and do you have any, you know, personal stories or anything you'd be comfortable sharing about it? Yeah. So according to Marion Webster, grief is a noun and it is defined as a deep and poignant distress caused by, or as if by bereavement. It is also a cause of such suffering. So I like to say grief is a process in which you are going through a stage of depression Mm -hmm. due to an event that has occurred that has caused you to be very much so sad. It's an unfortunate outcome. It's an outcome you didn't expect to happen. And you go through a stage of disbelief going through the stages of bargaining, stages of denial, stages of relapse. It's an unfortunate stage of depression, I would like to say. Yeah, I think I'd probably agree. I know generally we think of it as being related to a loss. And certainly in this case, we will be talking about grieving the loss of a relationship. But I know that, you know, I've grieved you know, unfortunate outcomes of, from things as well. I went through a really heavy period of grieving when I actually left my abuser. Not only was it finally over, <laughs> I was more grieving just that it had happened at all and just everything that had taken place and the fact that this ugly, ugly thing was now a part of my life. And yeah, I was really, really devastated. And I would definitely say that that was grieving for me. I would not say that 
grief is something that I've experienced often in my life, but I did experience it after that breakup. And I did experience it after my divorce as well. So when it comes to breakups, I definitely know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm I actually, on the same boat. Same boat. <laughs> great. Well, we're here to help everybody because we know what it's like. I also had a short period of grieving, actually more recently in the past few years, grieving a situation with my family that I felt was probably not going to get resolved. And it took me a while. It took me a little while to get over it. And that, yeah, it was a loss for me. So... Do you have anything else that you want to share about grieving? Yeah. So personally for me, I've gone through stages of grief when it comes to a loss of a loved one and also through a breakup. And a lot of people need to understand that when it comes to breakups, breakups are so under-recognized as traumatic in our society, whether it is a situation in which people move on easier or it takes time for some people. Mm -hmm. I believe that when it comes to breakups, I classify it as a traumatic event because it's a stage in which you are letting someone go and you are moving on single after this event. And for some people, it is something where it's adaptable, whereas some people, they view it as traumatic because they're used to living their lives with this individual. Mm -hmm. And now moving forward, they need to let go of this person. And people don't understand that it can be very devastating to some individuals. And it actually has been proven that emotionally and mentally, it can affect our everyday lives in a negative aspect. I believe you have a story for us, Janice, that actually affected a woman and it it actually affected her work and it affected her livelihood. Well, not just the story, but I mean, this was in the news and I'm putting this kind of in quotes because I don't really see what's so newsworthy about it, but this article actually trended and it stood out to me because of what I do for a living. When I was grieving, leaving my abuser, I, I was devastated. Um, Everybody in my life was very well aware of him not being a good guy and that the relationship was very unhealthy. And so when I left, people were not supportive of my grieving process really at all. I would constantly be told get over it, um, put it behind you, you know, the faster you put it behind you, the better off you'll be. And, you know, he wasn't worth it. You'll bet you're better off. And those things were all true, but it still didn't mean that I wasn't grieving and it still didn't mean that it was devastating. And I didn't really take time off work because I was too ashamed to ask for it. And also because of how the people around me were treating me, I didn't think that I could voice that I needed to take time off work. And so I just kind of pushed through and it was a bad situation. I just, I got worse and worse and deeper into my depression. Do you know who Guy Wench is, Anthony? Guy Wench, I don't believe so. He's a a psychologist and he's one of my favorite voices when it comes to talking about breakups and grief. And he really advocates that more organizations need to give people Um, self-care days and time to to take off work because it's so debilitating 
So just this week, in fact, maybe even two days ago, I see this article come up and it is a woman asks if she can take time off work after breakup. What do you think? It was a story on several different news websites about a woman who posted in an online wellness forum about being so devastated from her breakup that she said she was feeling physically unwell. She said her stomach was constantly upset and that she and she did describe it as as being devastated. So she asked in the room, do you think that I can take time off work for this? And it just went off. I'm not, I don't remember what the forum was, but they actually took it down because it was getting so many comments. And some people said, yes, absolutely. A lot of people said, suck it up. A lot of people were saying that this is what all grownups go through and that it wasn't an appropriate thing to take time off. And I think that it's a real shame. I think that not recognizing a breakup as any other loss. It makes people bury their feelings. I think this is what leads a lot of people into unhealthy relationships in the future is because you haven't processed and grieved your last relationship. And I think that a lot of things can come up for people when they start to get out there again, to connect with others, start feeling even feelings of love again. And so I, I do think that we should let people take the time that they need. And also not to mention the fact that a lot of studies have actually found that the emotional anguish of the loss of love is registered in the brain the same as physical pain. So we're saying that you can take time off for a breakup, even though you might find it debilitating. You can take time off for physical injuries. You can take time off for you know a death of a loved one. You can take time off if, if you're sick or if you're going on vacation, but you we don't let people take time off you know for divorce or breakups. I want everybody listening to this to know that Anthony and I support you in, in doing that. Like I said, I think people don't understand that when it comes to a breakup, people experience the post-breakup and experience trauma in different ways. And for some people, it's easy for them to adapt to being single and going through stages of grief. Some people, it takes certain timing and it takes them very much so a period of time for them to get over and I don't think people understand that when it comes to a breakup, like you said before, the emotional anguish of loss is registered by the brain in the same manner as physical pain. And it could explain why people could get the sensations that your heartbreak is also physically hurting you as well. Yeah. I mean, you're so used to spending time with this individuals. And once again, if you listen to the episode with me and Janice, when we talked about when an ex text, we always need to remember the fading effect bias. And we need to understand that our brains tend to think more of the positive times that we had with this person instead of the negative times. Hence why we tend to never forget those positive outcomes that we had with these individuals. Right. Even when and the breakup was bad and the relationship was bad, you are still gonna, you often think that you're missing out on something great because of the fading affect bias. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, most of the time, unfortunately, they tend to think of like the first date, the first kiss, the first time they said, I love you, if it ever got to that point, if it ever got to the point of them moving in, and if it got to the point where they even got engaged and they get married, and whether it's a breakup or a divorce, 
people don't understand that it's still a traumatic event because now you're going to live your life without this person mm-hmm. who you truly did care about. And I truly believe that when it comes to coping, there's people in which coping with people not being to understand different viewpoints because there has to be a point where you have to tell yourself, I understand that I don't understand your situation. According to whatsyourgrief.com, when you consider all the songs, sonnets, and stories written about lost love since, well, forever, (laughs) it's a wonder this type of loss ever gets minimized. I know. Perhaps it's the very universal feeling of a broken heart that causes people to say it happens to everyone and at the end of the day when you do go through a breakup the end result is you'll always get through it but the fact that it happens to everyone doesn't make it any less devastating and just because it's harder for some people doesn't mean that you're still going through that same trauma it's still Mm -hmm. trauma yeah why do you think then, I mean, have you ever experienced being told to suck it up or move on before you, you were ready or before you could at all? Oh, absolutely. Why do you and think I believe that, that is? I believe for some people when it comes to breakups, there are people who really don't understand the feelings that you'll go through. Hence why they are trying to say, oh, suck it up. I know you're better than this. And I know you're a strong, independent man or woman, and you're going to go through this. But people don't realize that you go through so much, not only emotional pain, but you go through so much physical pain as well. Multiple studies has shown this. There's a reason why we have to treat oneself with self-care because we're going through the trauma. So I am not surprised that when it comes to this woman and when it comes to her wanting to take time off, I totally understand. It's something where she has to physically detach herself from this other individual. You need to also understand that when it comes to grief and when it comes to depression, they're two different things. If you have fears that your grief is reaching, that goes to grief. And then if it goes to a point where it's affecting your life in a negative manner where you can't function, then depression is starting to kick in. Yeah, I think it's good that we talk about this. Um, Neither one of us are, you know, medical professionals, but it is very, very important because I know for me, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, yet. I'm just like, yet. (laughs) Oh, good for you. I know for me, it got to a really unhealthy point where, you know, my, I, you know, I was really in danger of it. It was unmanageable for sure. And I think if anyone out there is wondering has my grief turned into depression or is my grief to the point of, you know, kind of being in the danger zone is what I refer to mine as. If you are questioning this at all, that's when it is time to speak to a, to a professional. And you know what, talk to your GP, schedule a couple therapy sessions, get support to get through it. I actually have a lot of people coming to coaching around, around this stage, because it does really help to, at this point, get some outside support, get objective insight about what's going on. And so I really encourage everybody to do that. There's lots of people out there who, uh, who want to support you. So Janice, I do just want to say, just getting to the topic of healthy grief versus depression, what would you say differentiates each one of them when it comes to grief and when it comes to depression? Yeah. So I think for me, grief fades with time. And, and also for me, depression gets worse with, with time. 
And, and that's how I experienced it for sure. And do you want to go over some signs of depression? Yeah. So according to Mayo Clinic, signs of depression include feelings of sadness, tearfulness, emptiness, or hopelessness, angry outbursts, irritability, or frustration, even over small matters. I experienced this. I went through a really severe depression when I was living in Australia, and I would lash out at the smallest things. I just, looking back, (laughs) I was so out of control, so I can relate to that. And then other signs include loss of interest or pleasure in most or all normal activities, such as hobbies, sports, and even sex. Unfortunately, when it came to hobbies and sports after a breakup of mine, I definitely did not want to do anything. Mm -hmm. I was the type of person where it's like, I'd rather just sulk in bed, unfortunately. But then I also hit this symptom when I was going through that stage of breakup, which was sleep disturbances, including insomnia or sleeping too much. I slept a lot. (laughs) I I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then other signs include tiredness and lack of energy. So even small tasks take extra efforts. For me, because I was sleeping too much and I didn't want to do anything, I lacked energy to kind of do anything, unfortunately. Other signs include reduced appetite and weight loss, or even increased cravings of foods and weight gain, anxiety, agitation, or restlessness, slow thinking, speaking, or body movements, feelings of worthlessness or guilt, fixating on past failures or self-blame, trouble thinking, concentrating, making decisions and remembering things, frequent or recurrent thoughts of death, suicidal thoughts, suicide attempts, or suicide, and unexplained physical problems such as back pain or headaches. Yeah, thank you so much. I think in the early days of a breakup, some of this is pretty normal to go through. But like I said, I think if you put attention on your healing, that these things decrease with time. Whereas, um, like I also said, if you're really going towards depression, they'll be, they'll get worse and worse. And I just encourage everybody, if you're experiencing any of this, listening to this episode is a great starting point. And also I think, you know, it might be time to talk to someone and, you know, it doesn't necessarily even need to be hiring a therapist. There are really, really great helplines out there that I have used and, you know, being vulnerable and sharing that, but even calling one of those and talking to someone for a few minutes or an hour, however long it, you know, it takes can be really, really helpful. So there's, you know, a lot less and less stigma around asking for help these days. And I would encourage anyone to do that. Um, I don't want to go too much into this now, but I did an episode a couple months ago on stages of breakup grief, and I would encourage everybody, It's it was only a couple months ago, so scroll through, it's stages of breakup grief, and I give tips for each stage and getting and getting on to the next stage so that you can be improving with time. So I just wanted to refer you to that. And just as a little reminder, I have developed this theory that the stages are devastation, denial, realization, release, and acceptance. So please go and look for that episode for resources on getting through each of the stages. Most important though, is that if you feel that you are grieving a breakup, 
One of the most important things that you can do for yourself is self-care. What does self-care mean to you? I like to say when it comes to self-care, I like to relate it to me time. So anything that brings me happiness, anything that brings me joy, an activity or a hobby that I like to do that automatically turns my sad days into good days. That's fantastic. That's a, such a good uh, definition. So let's talk about self-care for grief. One of my favorite tips is to give yourself time to let it out. So that could be in the form of journaling. For some people, that could be in the form of crying. For me, when I was going through my breakup, leaving my abuser, I would cry like every morning. And unfortunately, you know, like I said, I was around people who really didn't give me space for that. I felt like it was something I needed to hide. But crying is very, very, very therapeutic. I've actually done an episode on that as well, way back when on the, the healing benefits of crying. And let's make this clear to everyone who goes through a breakup, whether the breakup was good or breakup was bad. Don't be afraid to allow yourself to indulge and allow yourself to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. A lot of people feel as though like, okay, I'm strong. I'm independent. I can get through this. I can move on from this. It's something where science has proven that because we go through physical sensations and we go through emotional sensations after this post-breakup, there's a lot that you have to go through and allowing yourself to indulge and be vulnerable, it's going to allow you to release all of this energy of grief that you need to let out yep. in order and for you to function. That's oh, the important completely. thing you need to realize, function. Yep, and this is why I think crying and really recognizing and embracing your grief can be so important. In fact, sometimes I work with clients to even schedule in when you allow yourself to focus on the breakup and focus on how horrible you're feeling. Sometimes it could be in the shower in the morning at night. Um, in the book, Breakup Boss, Zoe Foster Blake suggests the practice of morning, morning. And she says, set a timer for 15 minutes each morning and wallow deeply for that time. Really get in there and feel the sadness and anger and pity and regret and resentment. Get filthy in it. Roll around and cover yourself in self-pity like a sad little piglet. And then at 15 minutes, stop, put your chin up, take a deep breath and get on with your day. Do it every single it. day. Soon you'll get to 12 minutes and feel done, then 10. Then you won't need your morning, morning at all. I love so it. So allow space for it. If, you know, grief is something that you need to move through your body often, right? And crying is one way that you can do that. And something that you need to understand when you go through the stages of grief, when you go through stages one through five, like Janice said, you're not going to be going through it in numerical order. For some people, you can jump around. You can be going through denial, and then maybe you'll go through a stage of acceptance, but then you might go back to a stage of bargaining, mm -hmm. and then you may be desperate for answers. And then unfortunately, individuals, because the pain is so intolerable, you may actually try to convince your ex to try again in regards to a relapse and it's gonna 
Unfortunately, this will temporarily relieve the agony of withdrawal, but then it can go through stages of anger. And then something that I always say is always remember that the end goal is always acceptance and redirected hope. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's like a stage that I would personally put towards the end, because I'm going to be honest with some breakups, we go through what we like to say is acceptance. I'm a firm believer that you will never get over an event of a breakup or a traumatic event where you truly get over it, quote unquote. You always go through what I like to say initial acceptance. And this kind of acceptance is that when it happens early in the process, it can feel more like surrender. And you're holding up your end of the breakup because you have to, not because you want to. And Mm -hmm. over time, this initial acceptance becomes more substantive as both of you begin to recognize independently that there are boundaries that at least one of you must maintain in order for the breakup to stick because it has to. And then you people have this sense of positivity and thinking towards the future that's what I like to say the final step of grieving which is redirected hope in which you were leveled by the breakup and have had difficulty letting go in part because it shattered your relationship with hope and as acceptance deepens moving forward requires redirecting your feelings towards a better future from the belief that you can single-handedly save a failing relationship to the possibility that you might just be okay without your ex. I like that you're saying that because I do think part of the grief around a breakup is that you can't see your future without this person and also, and you don't know what your future looks like at all. And I do think that reclaiming hope and realizing that you have hope once again, after a breakup is a, is a wonderful sign. And I promise if anyone's listening to this, because they're going through this right now, it does happen. You will get there. You will start to feel better and you will have an amazing future. Yeah, so a tip that I would give when it comes to self-care after a breakup is reducing commitments to everyday activities that you used to commit to. Mm. Like I said before, it's okay for you to indulge for a couple of days, weeks. It's okay. If you feel like you need to get a few hours of sleep in, get a few hours of sleep in. If you feel like you want to Go on the computer and just browse the internet, browse the internet. If you just want to take walks, take walks. Mm -hmm. If you want to be able to maybe get that side of dessert. Yeah, I think so too. Just feeling that because you're just feeling that sad that just get, Mm -hmm. just get the side of dessert. Make yourself feel good for a a little while, you know, whatever it takes really. I like all those, all those tips. And I like that you're giving people permission to maybe do things that you wouldn't normally do. And here's the reason why. The reason why you need to reduce your commitments is because a lot of people, when it comes to trying to get back into their single-minded headspace when they were single and they were very committed to certain projects and they had productivity in their lives as a single individual, the problem is is that when you adapt to that and you can no longer adapt to that because you're still trying to go through the stages of grief, you then start to beat yourself up. 
Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's really good to make things as easy on yourself as possible during this time and, you know, not get into a cycle of beating yourself up because you can't perform at your full capacity. And so, and that can be stressful for people. And so, you know, make, make things easy. I mean, healing takes time and space. And Anthony, I don't know if you've ever heard of the concept of breakup brain. It's, I've heard of it, but some people may have not, if you would okay. like to explain breakup brain. A thousand percent. Thank you. So basically breakup brain is the concept that after a breakup, our IQ goes down. We might be forgetful. We might be super scattered. We might be angry. We might be sleepy. We, we might not be fully functional. And there have been lots of studies on this. Some people in the audience might also be familiar with the concept of mommy brain, and it is extremely similar. And so if you are over committing yourself or going about your normal commitments, you might find yourself really not all there. And that's really the last thing that you need right there right now. And I especially think that breakup brain is most prevalent during the, the grieving stage. You know, our system can only take so much, you know. So if you're experiencing this, go easy on yourself. Talk to the people in your life about what you can do to reduce your responsibilities for, you know, the time being. I definitely experienced breakup brain after my divorce and it was bad. I was so forgetful and scattered seriously within like a one week period. I locked my keys in my car. I don't even know how I got them out. I think I actually had to call a locksmith. It was back in those days. <laughs> I, I left my wallet somewhere. I thought I left my wallet somewhere. I was I, I was driving home one night from the from the Target and I went to reach for my wallet and it, it had fallen under the seat, but I was so sure that I left it at the Target. So I go back and they were closed and I'm like knocking on the door. I was so scattered and all over the place that the conclusion that I came to was as soon as I didn't see it, I thought it must have, I must have left it at the checkout or something. So yeah, like I said, I go back there and I'm banging on the, on the door and they came out and they did not have it. And I think I went back to my car, just, you know, feeling a little downtrodden <laughs> and it was like, I found it right away. What about you? Does this ring true at all? Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure when it comes to any form of a breakup, you're not your 100% self. There's going to be actions in your life in which because of the breakup, you're just going to naturally forget. And it's because you're going through this stage of trauma that naturally it's just going to go over your head. So when it comes to tips with coping with breakup brain, Janice, what would you say are some of your tips when it comes to breakup brain and when it comes to overcoming a breakup and trying your best to get on one accord with oneself, one's emotions, one's physical body, et cetera? Uh -huh. I like this question. So as I said, see what you can do to minimize commitments and responsibilities for just a couple of weeks. I really like the tip of using your smartphone, not to contact your ex and not to look at social media, but to make to-do lists, taking pictures of things that you feel like you need to remember, setting timers and reminders, to-do lists, anything that your phone can help you with, 
use it, use it, use it. We all have our phones right there and it can help you. I would also say get extra sleep. If you're feeling scattered and stressed and forgetful, a lack of sleep is going to make it exasperate all of these things. And I will also say, stay as organized as possible. This can be really tricky, but I assure you that if you can organize your handbag, organize your home office, make things simple and sleek, that'll that'll make it easier, especially if you're feeling forgetful and, and scattered. And you know what? It also might help to occupy your mind for a little while, which, you know, healthy distractions are are great when you're grieving. So, you know, maybe it's time to reorganize the kitchen or your closet or just the basics. You know, what do you need every time you leave the house? Your phone, your wallet, your keys, maybe a couple other little things. So how can you best organize just those things so that every time you leave the house, you're making it easier? And let's make one thing clear really quick. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing when it comes to breakup brain, when it comes to the post-breakup, when it comes to the grieving process, make no contact with your ex. Good one, Anthony. Don't do it. You (laughs) want to see if you can fix it. You want to see if they're going to text you. Me and Janice already told you a few weeks ago, once that ex texts, it's going to put a roadblock towards your path of healing yeah yeah it's gonna stop it you're gonna literally go through an even more stage of depression it's Mm -hmm. only gonna add on and you're gonna go back when you thought that you already went through that stage and I know I already told you guys that you can jump from different stages but it's only gonna worsen yeah I agree and also when you're coping with both grief and breakup brain you can act out in ways that you would never expect yourself to act out in. And I've seen a lot of people, myself included, get kind of like rage texting the ex or, you know, maybe lashing out or contacting them and saying and doing things that are just completely out of character. And so, yes, use your phone to help you stay organized. Do not use it to get in touch with your ex. So Anthony, I thought it would be important for the two of us, and I'm looking forward to your insights on this. I thought it would be important for the two of us to talk about how to look for support during this stage. It is, it's so important, but there's right and wrong ways to, to go about it, don't you think? Right, I totally agree. So when it comes to looking for support, it's important for you to get in contact with your circle, whether that Mm -hmm. is your best friend, your family, whether it's a colleague you can trust, it's important for you to get in contact with them and inform them about the breakup or that you're going through this stage of grief and that you need them as a support system. And this doesn't necessarily have to equate to you have to have them in order to solve a problem. It's literally to have them as the backbone for you to literally have someone to talk to, have someone to vent to, have -hmm. someone you can tell stories to, what happened, how they can support you emotionally, et cetera. They're a support unit. And it's important for them to understand that they're not trying to solve it. They're there as a shoulder to cry on. Yeah, I like that. 
And do you have any stories of maybe really a positive example of getting support after a breakup? Yeah. So I remember when I was in college and my boyfriend at that time broke up with me. So X, <laughs> I remember <laughs> I just called everyone I trusted. I called my sisters. I called my best friend. I called some of my fraternity brothers that I trust the most. And I kind of just talked to them briefly on the phone that, hey, this happened. I don't need you to come over to my place right now. I just need this space to myself. But mostly the phone calls that I gave them was mostly me having to just vent out my emotions and the feelings that I'm going through. Because when you're by yourself, you tend to unfortunately self-sabotage more than talk out your emotions. So it's important for you to speak what you're feeling and express what you're feeling through another person as they can be the backbone that's really going to keep you up. And they're going to be supporting you by being the shoulder that you can cry on. And I remember that I even told them like, hey, if you can try texting me to see if I'm in the right headspace, because there might be a big possibility that I'm not going to be in the right headspace. And they kept up with me. They were there. They were like, hey, Anthony, I just want to make sure you're okay. Just know that you can call me. Just know that you could text me. Do you want to get dinner? You need a support system in order for you to go through what is going to be a traumatic event. And after that traumatic event, go through the stages of the grieving process. Yes, that's great. And I, I, you're lucky that you had support. Not everybody does, which is why we're doing this episode and which is why I just want to remind everybody I am offering one-on-one -on -one coaching for breakups, for navigating the stages of breakup grief. And you definitely, definitely reach out. You can hit me up on Instagram if that sounds like something that might be of use to you. And I also mm -hmm. wanted to just point out a couple things about obtaining support, because I do think it's important to kind of go about it in a healthy way and go about it in a way that will most serve you and will also be not easy for those around you, but not overly draining on those around you. And so I would just encourage everybody if you would like to ask for support after a breakup, do obtain consent before you unload on someone. And a really easy way to do this is just to let someone know you need a talk. What time do they have the capacity that day? You would just like to, to, to vent or you would just like to discuss what's been, what's been going on and see when they're available without just completely unloading. That's easier said than done sometimes, but you might find that you get more enthusiastic support from people if you take, you know, their feelings into account as well. And also, like Anthony said, get really clear on what you need and what would be helpful and then ask for it. So for instance, you asked people to text you. That was specific, you know, or maybe just saying, I, it would mean a lot to me if we could just go out for dinner and forget about things. It would mean a lot to me if you could come over and we could just talk and have a glass of wine or two. It would mean a lot to me if you would check in with me every day or every couple of days. And you, you're probably going to get a lot more useful help if you know what it is that you want. And I know that can be really difficult when we're grieving, but if you are able to get clear on it, I would, I would encourage you to do so. 
Absolutely. I totally agree. And I totally agree with everything that you said when it comes to obtaining consent and when it comes to trying to be clear on what you need and what's going to be helpful and how to ask for it. And I know we went into detail a little bit on the stages of grief and what to do when grieving. What would you say are some things to avoid when grieving? This is a great question. Thank you so much. Look, there, I wouldn't say there's necessarily right and wrong ways <laughs> to do this, but you got to be proactive right now, okay? You're listening to X-Files. You are looking for support and resources to beat this, and I encourage you to continue to be intentional and conscious and proactive, and that includes maybe avoiding a, a few things. So first of all, this might be a little controversial, but I would say if you're in the midst of grieving your breakup, let's hold off on getting back on the apps. I hear from a lot of people, clients included, that they go really immediately on because they think it will make them feel better. I hear it a lot. What about you? I hear it a lot when it comes to getting back into the dating market and I hear a lot of people resort to dating apps, unfortunately, just for sexual intercourse reasons. Yeah. And unfortunately, the reality is, is that when you go back on the dating apps, it's only temporarily. That's, yeah. that's what it and is. It, it's not going to be something where you're going to get over it overnight. You might get over it for in the next 30 minutes to an hour, but afterwards, <laughs> it's all just going to come back to you. Yeah, I, I agree. For so many reasons, it's really not fair to the people that you are connecting with. It's not giving you the time and space to, to grieve. And it can start you down a spiral of misery. So if you're if you're listening to this because you're in the midst of, of this stage, just hold off. Okay. There's gonna be tons of time when you're feeling better to get on the apps. I would also say avoid making major life decisions. So that could be anything from moving to big financial decisions, career, et cetera. When I was in the aftermath of my divorce, I was going through tons of stages. At first I was happy and then I, then I felt lonely and, and I thought that the solution for some reason was, you know, uprooting myself to go and be closer you know, to be in warmer weather and closer to my family. I can't believe I thought that. I don't know. I was trying to convince myself that, I don't know, making a move would be exciting and would make me feel better. And it was such a huge mistake. I, I almost immediately regretted it. And look, I did have a couple of friends try to talk me out of it. I wish I would have listened and I would just encourage everybody. You might think that, you know, moving to the sunny beach site is going to help you to heal. Hold off. Okay. Just <laughs> hold off until the grief has subsided a little bit and you're thinking with more of a clear head. Trust me, please. So another thing to avoid is isolating. Even if you have people in your life who are not supportive, Stay in touch with one person, please. Isolating yourself when you are missing someone and when you are dealing with grief can also lead you down a really bad path. Um, so it's not healthy. And this is another reason I do what I do. 
please get in touch with me if you want me to be your person. You know, so I have clients who in the initial stages, we keep in touch daily to make sure so that they know they have someone who is there and listening. And I think sometimes when it takes us a while to get over our breakup, our support network sometimes gets a little worn down because it is really hard to see someone you care about stuck after a breakup. And this is another reason why coaching is so powerful because it's fresh to me. You know, I don't know your story and your background. And so I can jump in and provide really positive support. And as Anthony said, another thing to avoid when you're grieving, contacting your ex for support or to lash out or whatever. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. Don't feel like you need to lash out. Don't think you need to seek support. Don't think that they can be a F buddy now. Don't think you can Mm -hmm. try to be friends. Don't contact them. Don't do it. What I would do was I would, this was a long time ago, but I used to be in the habit of sending, you know, like the really angry texts or the drunk texts just to, uh, yeah, just to vent and yeah. I don't even know, looking back, like what I really thought I was going to accomplish because it doesn't accomplish anything. In the moment, you might have a very small release after you lash out, but the next day, things are going to be twice as bad as they already were, especially if, you know, this person responds because you never get any type of response that helps at all. (laughs) And Unfortunately, like Janice, I was the type of person where uh, I wasn't the angry individual. So for you, when it went, when you were in the stages of grief, for you, it was anger. For me, unfortunately, I was the one desperate for answers. And I was the one feeling like we had to relapse the situation in regards to how can we solve it and how can I get you back? don't do uh-huh. it don't do That's it so I was very stupid I always I tried to ask myself like was it me what could I have done can we fix this can we talk about it more can we go back home and talk and can we like some people feel as though like even like having angry intercourse could be a way of solving things yeah. but the reality is that doesn't solve anything it's not going to solve anything it's only going to add more fuel to the fire and only desperate to asking answers you're only going to get results that you don't want to hear and you're going to see how you can solve something that is only going to add even more gasoline to the fire so do yourself a favor and just accept the event for what it is and accept the fact that you need to be alone for a period of time and get a support system Mm-hmm. And you don't want to see this person and you just need to go through it yourself with the support of your friends. I agree. You know, you've broken up and it's time to start self-soothing without this person. It's time to start problem solving without this person. And you probably make a lot more progress more quickly if you look at it that way. And there's lots of you know resources out there. There's tons of X-Files episodes that can help you with all of this. There's coaching if you want support, all sorts of things. Take care of yourself and know that grieving after a breakup is normal. It's healthy. It's natural. There's nothing wrong with you. I get a lot of people contacting me at the three-month mark. If you're three months after a breakup and still grieving, there, that is not 
you know, a bad sign. A lot of people think that that's too long and it's not, this takes a long time to get over. So please know that there, there's nothing wrong with you and you're, you're going to get through it. You've got this. Understand that it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay for you to go through the stages of grief. It's okay for you to feel like you need to bargain. It's okay for you to be angry. It's okay for you to relapse. It's okay for you to feel like you need to accept what it is, but then you're going to go back to other stages of depression Mm -hmm. and other stages of desperate for answers. At the end of the day, realize that the end goal is redirecting your hope towards what's best for you and understand that without this person, if you want to view it like this, view it as a blessing in disguise. Yes. Yep. This is your chance for a new start. I think a lot of people, when they think of like a breakup, they try their best to find solutions in which it has to be a unit. It has to be you and I, but the reality is, is that when it comes to the stages of grief and when it comes through getting over the breakup, it's okay letting someone go because it's going to allow yourself to live more authentically than you'll ever feel like you have to live as a single unit instead of a two-person unit. I completely agree. Thank you. I think that's a great note to stop on. Anthony, thank you for being here today. I really liked your insight and, and your wisdom, and I like your approach to this. So thank you. I'm, I'm glad that you asked to do this topic and I'm glad that we're creating great content together. Uh, do you have any last words? You'll be okay. Perfect. Well, we'll see everyone next time. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to X-Files podcast. I sincerely hope that you found today's episode inspirational or useful. I would love to support you on your healing journey. All you have to do is send me a message through the X-Files Instagram account, and I will personally be in touch to get you started. Remember, if you are struggling with a broken heart, your feelings are temporary. I am sending you so much love and luck for the week ahead. You've got this.